Hey everyone, welcome to episode zero of the Nerdiogram podcast. And today we're going to give you a quick breakdown of the Enneagram. I'm Eric Slater, I'm an author, podcaster, and all-around nerd, and I'm joined today by my wife, Megan Slater, dog groomer extraordinaire, Tolkien scholar, and Enneagram enthusiast. I think Tolkien scholar is going a little <laughs> bit above my credentials, but Tolkien enthusiast, but yeah. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm also a four wing five. And I'm apparently a six wing five. And in case you don't know what that is, stick around because that's really what this podcast is all about. This is Nerdiogram. Nerdiogram? What's that? Nerdiogram is a podcast where we'll be exploring personality types through the lens of nerdy fandoms, pop culture, and the Enneagram. And what's an Enneagram again? The Enneagram is a personality test that helps to determine one's underlying motivations. It can help people understand themselves and others, as well as a resource for self-growth. Oh yeah! In addition to the Enneagram, we'll be covering a wide spectrum of topics, including... Spiral Dynamics D&D Alignments Tarot Archetypes The Hero's Journey The Zodiac Eastern philosophy, and the Myers-Briggs test. I've heard of that one before. <sighs> Nerdiogram is a part of the We Can Make This Work, probably, podcast network. You can find this and our other great shows at probablywork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Um, what's a podcast again? <laughs> You're such a dork. No lies detected. Welcome to the Nerdiogram Podcast. I'm Megan Slater, here with my husband, Eric Slater. Hey! Today, we'll be doing a basic breakdown of each of the main personality types of the Enneagram. The Enneagram is a personality test somewhat similar to Myers-Briggs test, which we'll be talking about on a future episode, that helps to determine one's underlying motivations. It can help people understand themselves and others, as well as learn ways to grow. Although its roots can be traced back to archetypes in ancient cultures and many philosophers throughout history had similar concepts, the modern Enneagram was first invented by a Russian mystic, George Gwarjeff, before being expanded upon by Chilean psychiatrist Claudio Naranjo and Oscar Ichazo, a Bolivian spiritual leader. The Enneagram is essentially a breakdown of nine basic personality types. Number one, known as the perfectionist. 2. The Helper 3. The Achiever 4. The Individualist 5. The Observer 6. The Loyalist 7. The Enthusiast 8. The Challenger and 9. The Peacekeeper The nine types can be organized into three categories or centers. Thinking, consisting of 5, 6, 7, feeling, consisting of 2, 3, 4, and instinctive, consisting of 8, 9, and 1, also referred to as the head types, the heart types, and the body types. For instance, I'm a 6, so I guess I'm a head type? Yes, and I'm a 4, so that makes me a heart type. Ah, okay. And in case you're wondering what number you are, we've included a couple links to free Enneagram tests in the show notes, as well as a thorough explanation for each of the types directly from the Enneagram Institute over at EnneagramInstitute.com. If you're interested in learning where you best fit in, we highly recommend taking a free test at EclecticEnergies.com. 
theartofgrowth.com or cpenneagram.com. Links will be in the show notes. Awesome. You might also be wondering what the W is next to your number. Those are called wings. So I'm a 6W5, meaning I'm a 6, but I'm closer to a 5 than a 7. And Meg's a 4-wing 5 rather than a 4-wing 3 because it's a spectrum. In addition to the nine base personality types, there are three variations of each type, known as subtypes or instinctual variants. These are self-preservation, sexual, and social. Unlike many other personality tests, the Enneagram is flexible and fluid, affirming our own individual traits, challenges, and potential. And if all that seems like a lot, don't worry. We'll be diving into all of that in a lot more detail in future episodes. First up, we have type one. The perfectionist, also known as the reformer or visionary. Uh, Ones tend to be idealists. They often see the world in black and white, for better or worse. They have a strong moral code guided by their principles and hold both themselves and others to a higher standard. A few examples of ones include Batman from DC Comics, What are you? I'm Batman. Seven of Nine from Star Trek Voyager, and Hermione Granger from Harry Potter. A couple real-life examples include Joan of Arc, Mahatma Gandhi, and Katherine Hepburn. Next up is Type 2, the helper also known as the connector. Twos are very social creatures. Relationships with others is their primary motivation. They are very supporting, caring, and generally friendly. On the downside, they sometimes put others above their own needs and can fall into the trap of giving to get. Some examples of type twos are Marge Simpson from The Simpsons, Sam from Lord of the Rings, Potatoes, and Gwen Stacy from Spider-Man. Some real-life examples of type twos include Eleanor Roosevelt, Elizabeth Taylor, and Arsenio Hall. Number three is the Achiever, or Luminary. Threes are primarily motivated by success. They are goal-oriented, competitive, and hardworking. However, their ambition can sometimes be their greatest challenge to overcome. Couple three examples include Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story, Johnny Bravo uh, from Johnny Bravo, Scarlett O'Hare from Gone with the Wind, and Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. He's definitely one of the ultimate threes, in my opinion. Definitely. <laughs> As a specimen, yes, I'm intimidating. I want a uh, So we also got some real life examples, including Oprah Winfrey, Beyonce, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Get to the chopper. I'll be back. There you go. Did a better one than me. <laughs> uh, let's see. So four. Yes, next up is type four, the individualist, romantic, or the artist. Fours see the world through their emotions. They are creative, compassionate, and at home with melancholy. It's just going to drown me. It can't all be sorrow, can it? They are often driven by their longing for meaning and authentic individuality, but can hinder ourselves by over-identifying with our emotions and belief that no one else could truly understand us. But what is grief, if not love persevering? Some examples of type four include Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service, Wanda Maximoff, AKA the Scarlet Witch from the NCU, Loki also from the NCU, and Frodo Baggins from the Lord of the Rings. Some real life examples of type four include Edgar Allan Poe, 
Frida Kahlo, and Johnny Depp. And then we have Five, the Observer, also known as the Investigator or the Philosopher. Fives are, above all else, cerebral in nature. They are curious, insightful, innovative, and rational. They're driven by knowledge, unlikely to be swayed by emotion, and often prefer isolation. Some five examples include Sherlock Holmes, uh, pretty much every version of Sherlock Holmes. It's brilliant. It's obvious, isn't it? It's not obvious to me. Dear God, what is it like in your funny little brains? It must be so boring. Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. Velma from Scooby-Doo, as well as a couple real-life examples including Bill Gates, Stephen Hawking, and Agatha Christie. Next up, we have Type 6, the Loyalist, also known as the Cynic, the Skeptic, the Advocate, the Devil's Advocate. (laughs) The Devil's Advocate. (laughs) Sixes are fueled by their need for security and are often led by their fears of worst-case scenarios. True dat. Yes, and Eric is a six. (laughs) They are vigilant, skeptical, strategic, and cautious. While sixes tend to have a lot of anxiety and can be indecisive at times, they can also be very loyal to the causes they believe in or to those that they trust. Some examples of type six are Katniss Everdeen from The Hunger Games, Bilbo Baggins from The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, Hamlet from Shakespeare, and Tyler Durden from Fight Club. Real-life examples of Type 6 include Malcolm X, Marilyn Monroe, and Mark Twain. Now, number 7 is The Enthusiast, also known as The Adventurer or Explorer. Sevens thrive on spontaneity and are typically full of positivity and optimism. They are enthusiastic for new discoveries and experiences. While they can be a little indulgent and or impulsive, sevens don't give up easily and can be resilient when things get tough. A couple examples here are Peter Pan from the, you know, Disney movie, (laughs) Captain James T. Kirk from Star Trek, or Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. To live is to risk it all. Otherwise, you're just an inert chunk of randomly assembled molecules drifting wherever the universe blows you. Uh, A couple real-life examples of Sevens include Amelia Earhart, Benjamin Franklin, and Robert Downey Jr. Next up is Type 8, the Challenger, also known as the Warrior. Eights tend to filter everything through the lens of power dynamics. They are keenly aware of who's in charge and who is vulnerable. They usually have a strong sense of justice and honesty. Eights are bold, confident, passionate, and at their best, protective. At their worst, they can be forceful, blunt, and domineering. Some examples of Type 8 are Ellen Ripley from the Alien and Aliens franchise. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Uh, Kingpin from Daredevil, Magneto from X-Men, Darth Vader is sometimes a type 8. I don't rank him there. <laughs> Some sources cite Darth Vader as an 8, but we'll we'll get to that in a future episode. What we will literally be getting into. Yeah, well that's this is a topic. It's it's going to be a fun episode, so definitely stay tuned for that one. Uh, Some real-world examples of Type 8 include Martin Luther King Jr., Ernest Hemingway, and Sean Connery. And finally, last but not least, is Type 9, the Peacekeeper, also known as the Mediator or Diplomat. Nines are often recognized for their friendly and accepting nature. They have the ability to see all sides of an issue and are typically very adaptive, preferring to maintain a calm or peaceful environment, sometimes even at the cost of their own personal needs. 
Uh, Nine examples include Luke Skywalker from the Star Wars saga, Hagrid from Harry Potter. I shouldn't have said that. I should not have said that. And Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. A couple real-life examples include Abraham Lincoln, Mr. Rogers, and Audrey Hepburn. Also worth noting, uh, we we considered putting Einstein on this list, although some people would argue he's a five. I tend to think that he's a nine. He's definitely a nine. <laughs> Hot takes. <laughs> oh, yeah. we're And that's uh, exactly what we're going to be doing on this podcast. We're going to hear all kinds of hot takes on all kinds of nerd-centric topics, pop culture topics. I don't know. I mean, it's it's really what nerds do, right? We, we tend to overthink about things. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think we're, you know, both uh, rather nerdy in our own ways, right? Absolutely. (laughs) I think they're talking about us. No way. In fact, something that you're really nerdy about is the Enneagram, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I want to say you first discovered this just a couple years ago. Was it during 2020, during the pandemic, or maybe shortly after that? It was somewhere in that time, yeah. Yeah, and ever since, uh, you've just kind of dig further and further, and it's there's a lot there, it seems, you know? The Enneagram is an onion. It's got layers. <laughs> Without a doubt. And so we'll start out with kind of the basics. But as we go in, there is a lot to this stuff. And it's really fascinating. Part of the reason uh, we wanted to do this podcast was because the Enneagram is something that kind of got both of our attentions. And I think what's great about the Enneagram is that it applies to so much. And it doesn't really stick you in a box like the Myers-Briggs test does. And we'll get to that in an upcoming episode, like we said. But the Enneagram is a little bit more fluid because it kind of shows you where you're at, but where you can go. The Enneagram, unlike other personality tests that put you in a box, the Enneagram shows you the box that you have put yourself in. Definitely. So it's a system (laughs) that once you know what box your ego has put you in, Mm -hmm. you can then outgrow that and learn to be a more, you know, well-rounded and mentally, you know, agile human being. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. That's a great point. Also, uh, part of this podcast, part of the reason we decided to start this is there's a lot of excellent Enneagram podcasts already out there. They're great. Um, I recommend a lot of them. Typology, The Art of Growth. Enneagram 2.0, which there's so many uh, fathoms around the circle. I I could go on and on. Enneagram and coffee. Did you say that one already? I did not say that one. Yeah, Enneagram (laughs) and coffee. But a lot of them strangely come from a very um, Christian perspective. They have like, most of the hosts are either, you know, in seminary or theologians, you know, that, that vein. And while we are spiritual, like that's definitely not our wheelhouse. (laughs) So, you know, it can be kind of hard for for people who aren't Christians to digest some of the Enneagram podcasts because, you know, they're for a Christian audience from a Christian perspective. And we kind of thought it would be, you know, cool to go in with kind of like a more secular pop culture type approach to the Enneagram. That's a good way to put it. And I also, one thing we're, we're interested in exploring later on in the podcast is uh, some Eastern philosophies like Buddhism and how that relates and all that tarot, things like that. So a lot yeah. of, a lot of fun topics that kind of intersect with this stuff. Yeah, it's, 
it's kind of like, you know, being in the matrix. Like <laughs> once, once you, you know, realize you're in the matrix and you can see it, like you can see the connections everywhere. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. Whoa. That is such a good metaphor. I love that you brought up that reference. Yeah, we're, we're going to give you a choice. Either take the, the blue pill and move on to another podcast, or you take that red pill and you're going to go down that rabbit hole with us. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> deep down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Just wait till we get to spiral dynamics. It's going to blow your mind. <laughs> I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice, tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of material here to get into. Yeah, I'm excited. This should be fun. Yeah, it's uh, my my first podcast. Um, <laughs> Eric's got like 500 podcasts that he does. I'm a podcast veteran. <laughs> Speaking of podcasts, you know, definitely subscribe, stay tuned, follow us on Spotify, give us a five star review if you don't mind. Uh, it really helps us out, helps out that uh, algorithm. But you can also find me on a few other podcasts. My main one is Epic Fails of History, that's Epic with a K. Also over at uh, Podcasters Assemble, which is a movie podcast, as well as the Super Switch Club, a Nintendo podcast. I'm also a co host on Comic Zombie and Too Young for This Trek. And you can find all of those and so much more over at probablywork.com. We'll have all the links in the show notes as always. And also, we'd love to hear your feedback, ideas for future shows, things like that. Um, you can email us at nerdiogram at gmail.com. That's N-E-R-D-E-A-G-R-A-M at gmail.com. And next, we'll be doing a breakdown of each of the nine types, along with some nerdy examples from pop culture, including Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Star Trek, Marvel, DC Comics, The Legend of Zelda, Disney, Pixar, Ghibli, Firefly, The Simpsons, and so much more. So stay tuned for more nerdy goodness. Excelsior! <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to check the show notes for links to even more content from us and the Probably Work Podcast Network, as well as further resources to level up your journey. Including books, audiobooks, and recommended podcasts, as well as links to free Enneagram tests, further sources from the Enneagram Institute, and more. And if you like this podcast, you can let us know by following us and giving us a five-star review on Spotify. Share it with your friends or follow us on social media over at Twitter and Instagram at Nerdiagram. That's Nerd E-A-G-R-A-M. Links in the show notes. Music and jingles produced by Deathstroke Sound. Nerdiagram is a part of the We Can Make This Work, probably, podcast network. This episode was edited by Eric Slater. Is that it for this episode? Yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called probablywork.com. Testing one, two. All right. Are we good to go? <laughs> I think so. Uh, Nerdiagram recording session number one. <laughs> I, need, I feel like I need a clacker board. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Take one. Uh, wait, should I do one?
Yeah, I should do. Okay. Yeah, my bad, my bad. All right, let me start over. They are often driven by their longing for meaning and authentic individuality, but can... Any... any bleh. And um, one of the things I think... Uh, part of the reason... I'm trying to think of how to put this. <laughs> they are often driven by their longing for meaning and authentic individuality. Arnold, I can't do an Arnold impression. <laughs> Be sure to check the show note. Yeah. In, <clears throat> sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Never mind. I was trying to ad lib and I f***ed it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm also a co-host. God damn, I'm on so many podcasts. <laughs>